This is episode number 139 of the Paleo Women Podcast. Welcome to the Paleo Women Podcast. I'm your co-host, Noelle Tarr, a nutritional therapy practitioner and a certified personal trainer. And with me is my partner in crime, Stephanie Ruper, author of the best-selling book, Sexy by Nature. This show is the place to be if you're a fan of moderately amusing banter and uninhibited real talk relating to health, nutrition, fitness, body image, and just about everything in between. While hanging out with us, please remember the information on this podcast is intended to provide helpful and informative material and should not be used in place of medical advice or treatment. Now, let's have some fun. Good morning. Stephanie. Good afternoon. <laughs> Top of the morning. Um, how is London? Or are you in Oxford? I'm in Oxford. Okay. And I think I told y'all in the last couple of weeks there was um, the bat saving construction going on. Yes. Uh, near my residence. Uh, and I hear a little bit right now, but it's not it's not the same like incessant banging it was. Yeah. And it's just, it's perfectly beautiful. You know, I'm, I'm on this little island in the middle of the Thames River and there's like geese and so many spiders. I just can't, you know, Ugh. but like we're friendly now, you know, I wave. I'm like, what's up, dude? <laughs> Fine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we've got over our initial animosities. And this time of year in England is very interesting. It's usually like very beautifully, slightly partly cloudy until around 4 p.m. and then it rains like a mother and then it's done you know so I just sort of sit here and I watch the geese like enjoy the sun and then I watch them be bosses in the stormy weather and it's um it's really lovely that sounds lovely I don't get to look at any of that I literally am looking at a cement wall right now up my window (laughs) and and and, uh, wires and a light pole somehow a light pole made it into my backyard um which it's not a yard it's a cement patch but yeah so that sounds wonderful i'm definitely looking forward to the day where we can move out of the city um Mm -hmm. and have some green grass (laughs) for my dogs and my child so luckily she's not she's not very mobile right now but Mm-hmm. I was always worried about that. Everybody's like, no, you're going to be fine. They don't take up that much space. And I'm like, yeah, but you don't understand. <laughs> We're in a really small house with two huge dogs. So it's a little bit of a struggle. But I uh, it then when we have, you know, a little bit of more space, it'll be nice. We'll be like, remember that time when we had Stella and we had zero room and a cement yeah. block in the backyard? Yeah, it'll Wait, be like so that. Are you, are you just going to move out to the suburbs and it all probably depends. will have a longer commute? No, I well, that's an option, but I think he'll probably get moved. Like his mm. job is in retail, and so he kind of can bounce. And so I don't know where he's going to be, but um, likely won't be. I mean, there's a good chance it won't be in the city. So right, okay. I don't know. It all depends on like where the jobs are. Um, of course, we have places we'd love to move, but it never works out that way. <laughs> right yeah so not not (laughs) banking on that so it's just like see where the opportunities are and then see where we can move around that and i think this his job will be very much so like this which it's fine because we're used to moving a lot but it's literally like every two years he'll probably be like okay 
moving on to mm. something else. And so it's going to be a little bit. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, we'll see. <clears throat> oh, let's go to San Francisco together. I know. We almost did that. So close. But yeah, I mean, it's still it's still an option. So I don't know. We'll see. Every Anything, everything's an option. Right. Um, yeah. So it's early morning here. Um, and did you just wake up as well? <laughs> or have you yeah. been up? Yeah, just oh. about. I set an alarm for the time you and I were going to meet. Okay. <laughs> and it woke me up. <laughs> oh, good. So you didn't, your body didn't sort of transition at all with your sleep cycles? Well, a little bit. Because yeah. when I was on the East Coast, I was going to bed around 3, which is 8 a.m. here. And I have worked my way back to 5 a.m., which is like it's pretty good, I think, all yeah. things considered, yeah. in a week. So I am going to, um, I think I'm going to push it back like by 20 or 30 minutes every day, and hopefully get to a reasonable hour, reasonable hour, like 3:30 is what I'm shooting That's, for right that now. Seems reasonable. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe I should text you while I'm up. Be like, hey, good night, because I'm just yeah. I'm if you want to laying there, we did we did the wake every hour thing last night and our biggest mm. my my moment of desperation was between like three and four thirty where I was just like, I don't know what to do mm. with you. But she was so happy. She, she's just like, hey really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not kidding. She's like the happiest baby in the world now. It's amazing. But I'm literally like, Oh kid, why won't you sleep? Like I put her down, boop pops up, and then I realized she's a little wet, so I went and changed her diaper and she's looking up at me like, Yeah and I'm like, No no no, we're not playing <laughs> But she, but she, this is amazing and I wanna squeeze you. And I do. So anyway. Are you Let's... can we just like jump right into questions? Are you feeling that? Yeah. Do you have anything nice. to add or say <laughs> sounds nice? This might be a nice change. Um, do you have anything to add about paleo for women? Actually, yeah, let me add a couple things. Um, so I just came out with a program on acne, which is super fun. I love it, and I'm so excited. Uh, somebody bought it. it. It hasn't gone on sale yet. It's We're, <laughs> we're still recording happen? pre-sale days. I have no idea. It's a woman named Gail. <laughs> <laughs> she, Houdini Gail. Way to go. She just like found it, you know, because um, it's it's live right now. I just haven't like been sharing it with everybody. And I think she probably just like, I don't know, she found it. So that was fun. Um, I'm really loving the program. Clear Skin Unlocked. And then <laughs> Google it like Gail did. And yeah, you'll find it. <laughs> you'll find it. <laughs> um, and then also, I'm assuming that this is episode is coming out close to the beginning of October, right? Um, yes. I have, I believe at this point in time, not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure that at this point in time, um, one of the amazing women from my team who's been holding Paleo for Women together for a couple of years is transitioning to a new role um, because she just finished getting, ooh, a master's degree in something, <laughs> nutritional science, I think, mm. pretty sure. Um, and she's brilliant and wonderful, and she is going to begin taking uh, clients about hormone balance, specifically PCOS, and she's wrestled that on her own and many other uh, really hard health conditions besides, and she's fabulous. Um, so if you're looking for some PCOS advice, you know, someone to work with or other stuff besides, she does this for a living now. You know, she like sits in an office and takes clients and makes meal plans for them. Um, please do come by. Her name is Amber. She's is super she, great. Is she still working for you? Nope. 
Oh. That's one of those things. That's okay. When people do better things with their life, then you lose them. <laughs> Unfortunately, everything is like, everything is better than working no. for the Taylor Swift team. So yeah, everybody everybody moves on. Um, but our audience is full of such amazing people that it's so easy for me to just be like, you know, who's next? <laughs> and, it, yeah, and it goes pretty well. Um, yeah, so you've I lucked think, out. I think we're gonna be all right. Yeah. 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 I've I've been lucky, but also I thank you all, you know, thank you guys for being so great. I was going to say you're welcome, but you're not talking to me. So, yes, (laughs) everybody, everybody is so great. Everybody's great. This community has been very supportive of trying times in the past coming up on, you know, two and a half years now. So. Again, it feels like it's been forever, but at the same time, I'm like, oh, two and a half years isn't that much on the grand scale scheme of things. So yeah, PCOS Unlocked is turning six. Oh this my gosh, October. I know. Yeah. See, I always think of it in terms of like having a baby. Like I'm like, dude, you'd have a six year old, and that seems. <laughs> Thank God, I don't. So yeah, that seems so <laughs> far away. I'm like just trying to make it to to month three, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You ready for questions? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. We have a brand new offer from Paleo Valley to share with you that we are incredibly excited about. Paleo Valley not only offers grass-fed organ complex, a gently freeze-dried organ supplement in pill form that contains beef, liver, heart, brain, and kidney. They also offer high-quality snacks and collagen supplements on their website. Now, when you use the promotion code PaleoWomen at checkout, you'll get 30% off your entire order. You can try their grass-fed beef sticks, which are made from 100% grass-fed beef, preserved through a natural fermentation process that gives probiotics to the sticks, or their superfood bar, which is made with grass-fed collagen. To take advantage of this special deal, simply go to paleovalley.com and use the code paleowomen, all one word, no spaces, at checkout. Again, that's paleovalley.com. You can check the show notes for more information. Question number one is from Michelle. Hi, ladies. First of all, love your podcast. I listen to episodes old and new on the way to and from work, and it makes the train ride so much more enjoyable. Love your advice and balanced approach to living life. My question relates to eating more carbs. I've started lifting heavier weights two to three times a week and sprinting another two to three times a week as part of an athletic training program, but together by a new person, oh, put together by a new personal trainer I'm working with. He has me focusing on macronutrients and learning how to estimate them without weighing all my food because ain't nobody got time for that and who brings a food scale with them everywhere. About three years ago, I was super strict paleo and definitely had some disordered eating tendencies and recently had been more on team eat all the things, that's capitalized, eat all the things, except for gluten because it makes me feel terrible. While I was super paleo, I was also super low carb, probably near keto, but never tracked ketones or anything like that. Because of that, I love veggies and try to eat as many as I can at each meal. My strength coach has has been emphasizing eating more carbs, but subconscious, but my subconscious still craves all the low carb veggies and fats. I think part of this is because I feel like I'm missing out on a lot of vitamins and micronutrients if I replace them with higher carb foods like potatoes and rice. Is this something I should be concerned about? 
Or do you think that the difference is fairly negligible? What are some high-carb foods that I can incorporate into my diet that are high in micronutrients? I want to be able to fuel my workouts and give my body what it needs to recover and be happy. Thank you so much for your help, Michelle. Yo, great question. Um, Hey, isn't this like, aren't we kind of writing a book about this? (laughs) (laughs) I saw this question. I'm like, this is what we've been working on like forever. (laughs) That project. That's happening. Well, technically the book is about like everything. Yeah, I feel like it's about so many things. I should be putting my philosophy work in it. I'm like, come on. (laughs) Like, it's just... (laughs) everything goes in the book (laughs) that's true it is it's like a one-stop shop yeah for sure yeah folks we're writing a book um it's already written and been turned in so summer 2018 that's yeah that was the official announcement yeah af yeah there's a comprehensive there's a lot in there it's like strong from home meets cookbook meets mindset meets diet plan meets elimination diet meets meal plans meets how you should eat high carb or high fat fat. (laughs) (laughs) like they're like what's the stick of the book i'm like everything everything (laughs) yeah it's gonna be great we have a great publisher she's awesome she's been totally on board so we're excited i'm sure we're gonna have to make concessions and changes but she seems great thus far in the editing process yeah yeah she does yeah she's awesome um re potatoes and stuff yeah Uh, (laughs) so Let's go. Let's go. There's a lot of interesting stuff here. I think it's really interesting in paleo. You know, people sort of, after doing this sort of thing for a while, are becoming a little bit, just like when people become super conscious of what they're eating, they tend to end up becoming super fearful about doing it wrong. Right? And you end up realizing how many potential dangers there are in what you eat. (laughs) Because technically, like, there are you know, technically, like you could be a little bit deficient in this or a little bit of that or mm-hmm. what have you, right? There could be a lot of things that don't necessarily work out. But this is also taking like a very micro lens to what we eat in our wellness. And really, I think kind of losing sight of the bigger picture, right? And in the bigger picture, your body is capable of juggling nutrients to a certain extent right? Your body is capable of managing like what some toxins, I'm using quotes, toxins or what have you that you encounter in the environment, right? Your body is capable of managing these things. That's why it has a liver. Um, And your mental health and happiness and sense of purpose and meaning and value and Um, community, right? The kinds of friends that you have, like these things are also incredibly important for your physical well-being. And so when we sort of take a step back and we see all of that, it's a little bit easier to be like, oh, okay, like I'm going to eat a varied diet and let it change from time to time, you know, fluctuate in and out of certain nutrients or what have you. And like, that's going to be totally fine. Nothing bad's going to happen. I mean, if you're working on a specific health issue, yes, I encourage you to get to the bottom of it, you know, and be really rigorous about it. But if you're not or in the process of doing so, if there are some things that you can relax into, I highly encourage that. All of which is to say is that the the veggies that you're eating are rich in a lot of good stuff. And that's great, right? Like if you're focusing on dark leafy greens, awesome. All the Mm -hmm. more power to you. But it doesn't mean that other foods also don't have nutrients in them. They just happen to be 
different, you know, and you really don't need to eat, you know, 10 servings of greens a day. In fact, that would probably be detrimental because you're going to end up with a nutrient imbalance right towards all of towards all of those uh, nutrients and also um, perhaps do a little bit of hard work, make it a little bit hard for your thyroid to function because goitrogenic stuff happens uh, when you consume really high quantities of greens, especially if they're raw. Okay, so that being said, carbs are super your friend in large part because actually I believe that the number one thing your body needs more than micronutrients is calories, right? And if dense carbs are giving you good calories and giving you like the kinds of calories that your body needs to like assure good mental health, to make sure your adrenals aren't working over time, to maybe help with your thyroid, like all this sort of stuff to make sure that you can do high intensity exercise. This is super important and probably more important than an extra serving or two of greens a day. All of which is to say, uh, sweet potatoes are actually quite nutrient dense. You know, they've got a lot of vitamin C. Um, they've got some B vitamins in them. They've got um, copper, manganese, you know, like they got stuff in them too. Um, berries definitely got stuff in them. They're very, everybody always puts them on the pedestal with the dark leafy greens. And I think that that's pretty well earned. You know, a very similar dark, right? The dark vegetables, dark fruits, um, intense antioxidant profile there. You know, a lot of people, a lot of health advocates will say, don't, they won't say focus on one group. They'll say eat a rainbow, right? Try to get all of the different colors. And it just so happens to be that sweet potatoes are orange and broccoli is green. And so maybe a little bit of both could be really good for you. You know, beets are, can be purple. They can be orange. That purpley color can be like really good. I swear, I swear when you vary the color of the things you're eating, you're actually varying the nutrients that you're getting. We can see it, right? We can see the nutrient profile to an extent with our eyes. Um, so I'm really all about it. You know, all the different fruits, totally nutrient dense, maybe a little bit less so than veggies, but that's like, that's okay. You know, like, I think that you're definitely hitting it there. I normally recommend that people get, you know, two to three servings of greens a day, like max, you know, I think you'd be good there. Um, and then sweet potatoes, fruits, right? I mentioned berries, but like all of them, you know, I wouldn't panic. I wouldn't be like, oh my God, but bananas aren't nutrient dense enough. No, they're good. And you're only gonna have a couple of days. So you're really not like trading off a lot here. I think it's important. I think it's a very important trade-off. I think this is a net gain, not a net loss. I would have to agree. I don't think that it's not like you're transitioning your entire diet. Like adding more carbs to your diet doesn't look like I'm taking out all the vegetables and adding all of the potatoes and rice in. It's more of like I'm going to sh- instead of eating a lot of like fat or, you know, adding maybe, you know, having that additional half of an avocado or having a couple tablespoons of coconut oil mixed in with whatever I am going to, or coconut milk, I'm going to have a medium sweet potato and maybe a half a cup of rice with dinner. It's, and so if you look at it that way, I think that you'll see that you can actually get a good like whack of carbs into maybe lunch and dinner and you're pretty much going to still be eating, you know, the same thing. So as long as you're focusing on nutrient-dense meats, so protein sources being, you know, grass-fed, beef, 
full of B vitamins, lots of fat-soluble vitamins. If you're eating eggs, that's awesome. Um, sweet potatoes are actually really have really great micronutrients in them. And, um, you know, if you feel comfortable shifting those in, maybe trying to have just a sweet potato a day, maybe you have a half of it with lunch and a half of it with dinner or something like that. And again, you can add like a, a little bit of coconut oil. Um, if you want, I would recommend doing some sort of like rice, maybe not doing um like right now i'm eating pink rice i always vary the rices because different colors of rice have different nutrients and i always soak it so if you take a rice you know just have like a half a cup of rice with dinner or something maybe you can just i usually cook it in bulk so like last night i cooked probably i don't know three to four cups of rice um after being cooked so it was probably like two cups of rice dry um i soaked it all just put it in a bowl covered it in water with uh, slightly warm water and put some apple cider vinegar in there, soaked it throughout the day, um, which releases a lot of those anti-nutrients and makes a lot of those nutrients more bioavailable, rinsed them, cooked them as normal, and I usually mix a little salt and coconut oil in there, and that's I'll have a little bit of that, and I had that as like kind of a base to <laughs> quite a bit of like a, a ground beef stir-fry, which was just, you know, ground beef from my local farm and, and pepper and onion and mushroom in there and stuff, so... Um, you can kind of do it that way. That's a great way to add some, some carbohydrate. Again, fruit is great too. You can just add a piece of fruit with your breakfast and fruit, you know, fresh fruit has great micronutrients. You know, you can do an apple. (laughs) Oh, go figure. Um, you know, an apple, that's what I just ate this morning. And, um, and I think that would be, uh, awesome for you. And and you're still going to be able to eat your veggies. You're still going to be able to eat your fat. Um, it's not like you're, you're again, removing all of the fat or removing all of the protein and replacing it with carbohydrate. Uh, I just want to say too, props to your, what seems like to be a good trainer for, you know, telling you to make sure that you're eating more and eating more carbohydrate. Um, it seems like he really understands your needs and, um, you know, the needs of a sprinting, heavy lifting athlete. So that's awesome. Um, obviously, stay away from gluten. There's no need to do that. But, um, you know, have fun. Experiment. Sh- just focus on lightly shifting foods in, in the beginning. Um, you don't need to, like, eat. Since it seems like you feel a little bit better with high-fat foods, just slowly experiment with adding them in and see how your body responds. Especially, I think the best time to do that would be after your workout. So, you know, after you get done with a sprinting workout or something like that, go straight to eating, you know, maybe a sweet potato, um, but you can cook them in bulk in the oven or in the pressure cooker, but go straight to eating a sweet potato with some protein and, and see how your body feels and see if that really affects your performance and your ability to kind of recover and feel strong the next day, like see how you feel the next day. Okay, question number two is from Megan or Megan. What do you think? Megan. That's Megan. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Megan's can be spelled all different ways. Growing up, I had Megan that was M-E-G-H, um, which was, you know, not common, but I just, you never know. Hi, Stephanie and Noelle. First, let me join in on totally agreeing with everyone what is an amazing, life-changing podcast this is. I so love what you ladies stand for, what movers and shakers y'all are. I always hear Noelle reading other listeners' emails and not and I am not confident mine will sound quite as eloquent, but here goes nothing. I am 28 years old. I grew up being a competitive soccer player. When I stopped, I began gaining weight and started to experiment in bulimia. 
I lost a lot of weight right away and received a lot of compliments on my body. That spilled into an even more unhealthy addiction to an unhealthy body image. And although I ate really healthy always, or what I viewed as the time as healthy, I would still punish myself for eating too much. 13 years later, in many extreme sports along the way, marathons, triathlons, bodybuilding, CrossFit, and Olympic lifting, I find myself here today. It has been about three years or so since I have been cured of my eating disorder. However, since I have had an extremely hard time I've had an extremely hard time losing any amount of weight. Recently, I've been trying to compete in Olympic lifting. In order to complete, compete competitively, I would have need to have competed at 58 kilos or 127, but had no luck losing the weight. I tried diets using, if it fits your macros, cardio reverse cardio, reverse dieting, and no luck. I found your podcast and stopped everything, trying to lose weight, trying to compete competitively until I had answers so I would not be doing anything unhealthy again to my body. At this point in my life, I just want to be healthy. My husband and I want to try for kids in about six months, but my periods are irregular. Because of that, I went to my OB-GYN to discuss my irregular periods, went weight gain, and overall to see if I could be fertile. To which my OB-GYN responded with, I really just needed to gain more weight. I also let him know lately that I've been reading a lot on paleo and was learning that just over 70% of your hormones are in your gut and that I started eating paleo about three weeks ago to help my hormones out, which he responded, yes, eat flaxseed oil. A few weeks later, the doctor's office called back and said that my hormones thyroid were normal and that I was totally fine and I could get back on birth control if I wanted. Question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. I am at a loss here, ladies. I have heard you say that doctors may say your thyroid is normal sometimes when it's not. Can I cure myself enough to have a baby in six months if my periods are still irregular? Will I ever be able, in a healthy way, to lose the extra love? Some She gave us some notes. She's been eating mostly paleo for about five weeks. Tightened up on the rules of paleo, keeping in mind that slow progression for me is better. Last major competition was four years ago. Stopped doing any extreme sports. Three years ago, I have stopped Olympic lifting. And now do some CrossFit, and if I don't feel like it, a light run walk. I have heard a lot about maca powder. Should I take that to help? And she said, her doc says she's low in vitamin D. Okay, so um, getting some more vitamin D could actually be pretty helpful. Um, I would try that before anything else, actually. I mean, continue eating abundantly. Um, but yeah, vitamin D is really important for modulating your estrogen levels. Um, and that could actually be reasonably helpful for your menstrual cycle timing. The timing is probably a coincidence, but when I restored my vitamin D levels, my personally, my cycles became like clockwork, like they've never been. Um, I get them at the exact same time on a Saturday, every four weeks. And then when I traveled to San Francisco from London, I got it eight hours earlier in the day because I was in San Francisco. Anyway, I'm not saying that vitamin D is going to solve everything, but it's possible it will help. Especially so if I you're low in it, like, and you have solid yes. concrete evidence that you are. Yeah. 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 That could be pretty helpful. Um, <clears throat> if I were you, I would ask the doctor's office if they would be willing to share the hormone levels with you. I find it so appalling I'll just go ahead and use the word I was thinking of. I find it appalling that doctors will run tests on patients and not tell them what they're testing and then just be like, oh, you're fine. I was in the ER once and my doctor was like, you're fine. I was like, give me my chart. 
Did you really? When did this happen? This is my body. I was like, let me see that. Yeah. Yes. Yes, that happened. That was um, about six years ago. Yeah. So anyway, um, maybe they'll be willing to share. And then you'll have a little bit better picture of if there might be something going on with your thyroid. You know, we can't know at all unless we see the numbers. Um, If you're not suffering from symptoms of hypothyroidism, I wouldn't lean too heavily into that hypothesis. You know, cold hands and feet, constipation, hair falling out, that sort of stuff. (laughs) That sort of stuff. In terms of the irregular periods, that could, again, that could be related to the low vitamin D. If there's a thyroid thing, that's possible. Um, I wouldn't count on it. It sounds to me, I know a lot of women who develop irregular periods or who stop menstruating when they go into periods of serious restriction like you did. You know, it's it seems pretty serious. Um, and then the hormone systems just get like pretty sensitive after that, you know, and it takes it takes a while, quite a while, you know, for the body to readjust. So I would focus a lot on patients. I'm not sure if you need to be gaining weight. Like you could put on some, but I wouldn't say necessarily that your body fat percentage is the main concern here. I would instead focus on eating when you're hungry. You know, Uh, it sounds like you have been. And I think that that's really important and keep doing that and don't let yourself go hungry. I think it's important. I think it's all right what you're doing with your exercise. I definitely wouldn't be doing more than that. And I love, love, love that you're replacing workouts with going for walks if that feels right. It is possible to conceive when your periods are irregular. You know, if you you can actually still track your ovulation if you use a couple of different methods, right? You can uh, check out the consistency of your cervical mucus, right? You can touch your cervix and see um, what it's like to the touch. If you're ovulating, it will be a little bit more spongy, I believe is the adjective that people are using these days. Um You can also take your body temperature at the same time every day when you wake up and it'll spike a little bit during ovulation. And if you're menstruating, there's a decent chance that you're ovulating. It's just happening at different times. So if you track that, then you can know, you know, when you want to be doing it, so to speak. So I would recommend doing that along with working on the health stuff. You may very well be able to um, conceive. Um, Reflaxseed oil, no. (laughs) I'm just gonna gonna have to gonna have to put a hard no in terms of my opinion there. Uh, flaxseed oil is made almost entirely of omega three fats, which you might think is a good thing, but there are many different kinds of omega three fats, and flaxseed oil happens to be made of the ones that are like reasonably useless for your body, and so the body can convert the ALA kind of fat in omega three acids to the useful EPA and DHA, but it converts it at a very low rate, vanishingly low. And since it's not ideal to have high levels of omega-3 or omega-6 or omega-9 fat in your body at any given point in time, and it's probably not a great ideal to just ideal idea to just start taking supplements of flaxseed oil. I would put that very low on the list. I wouldn't try experimenting really with any kind of estrogenic stuff until maybe working out the vitamin D thing. I think that that could be important. 
Um, there was a chance that some gut healing is in order. Definitely. I think a lot of people's bodies get a little bit panicked when they've been starving, especially with bulimia. You know, some gut healing could definitely be in order. So I think leaning into paleo is good while also not being super strict. I think that that's really good. I also really endorse doing some probiotic stuff, you know, uh, taking some, I would take a supplement maybe, but instead I would probably first go to fermented foods. My kimchi is a fermented Korean food. It's my favorite sauerkraut. Um, the real stuff that's actually fermented, a lot of the stuff you can get on shelves is not um, that sort of thing. Kombucha, probiotic supplements, resistant starch. I haven't been talking about that much lately, but um, you could get a resistant starch supplement, take a small dose every day or eat some green bananas. That could also help with your gut flora. Um, it's sort of all I'm thinking. Uh, maca powder. I'm not huge on herbal stuff, mostly because it's not well studied. It's very anecdotal. And so really, you would have to just sort of try it out and see if it works for you. Um in terms of regulating periods, I'm not sure that that would be the ultimate result. You could try. <laughs> um, but I would honestly, I would wait to try that before, again, working on the vitamin D and finding out about the test results. Um, I would look to those things first. Okay. I um, agree. I endorse. <laughs> I think you said that last week. I endorse that. I think that um, you're... First of all, congrats, because you're like on a great track here. I think that the the things that you've done in the past 13 years has all been great improvements. And it seems like you're slowly and progressively, you know, kind of moving away from a really damaging mentality, which was I need to lose weight. Um, you know, I need to be able to control my weight with um, extreme measures, with extreme sports. And I think a lot of women you know, we go through this. It's we're told at a you know starting at a very young age that it's better to be thin and and that we need to restrict our food in some way or we need to be able to you know force ourselves to do X Y and Z sports so that we can maintain a specific look or a specific body weight and that is you know where our worth is and so it's it's hard sometimes to even know where a lot of that comes from but it, it really is is spoken to us at such a young age um, through advertisements, through, through, you know, the media, through everything now, social media. Um, and so, you know, obviously that was something that that was pretty much ingrained in you and you went to extreme measures to kind of, you know, force yourself to, to achieve that. And, um, and I think that, you know, as you've progressively kind of pulled yourself out of that, I think that's fantastic. Um, and that you've been able to kind of see, that that's not all uh, true and be, you know, you've been able to kind of unravel some of those beliefs. Um, but now I think it might be time to just relax because whether you view it as such or not, like we think that restricting calories is always going to be healthy. And we think that doing CrossFit and doing Olympic lifting is always going to be healthy. And the truth is that it a lot of times for especially for women who've been doing this a long time is very detrimental to health and can be very stressful. It is exercise is not always healthy, um, especially when it's done in a way where it's extreme or, you know, you're doing overtraining or you're training a lot and you're pushing yourself beyond, you know, what your 
your capacity is, what you, what your body's telling you, like, hey, you know, I've got a little twinge in my knee, um, but I'm just going to keep going, you know, because I got to I gotta really push myself because I ate, you know, a big dinner last night or something. So, you know, that's kind of the rationale that a lot of women use. And in those scenarios, it can be a, do a lot more harm than good. And so over the last, you know, decade or so, your body has really been under a significant amount of stress. And I know people say marathons are healthy and, you know, triathlons are healthy, but you and I both know, because we've both been there, um, that a lot of times it's not, especially when it's done with the mentality that, you know, you and I have had. So, um your body's been through a lot of stress. It's likely been underfed. You've likely been overtraining, and that has told your body um, to change and adapt. And so it has, and which is a beautiful thing. But it's not so beautiful when you're like, well, now you know, I, I want my periods to be regular, and I want to have a kid. And why is my why am I not being? Why can't I not lose weight? Why do I not you know have this flexibility anymore? And so um, I think you're going to need to go through a restoration period, and. That's not the that's not the easiest thing. I mean, it is. It's 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 not easy mentally. It's nice to do um, physically and take a break. Um, I'm still. I feel like I'm still on that break. But um, you know, your body's gonna have to have to go through that because right now it's it's in this state of chronic stress, and so your metabolism has said, "Wow, you know, I'm I'm I've been doing a lot of things. I've been doing a lot of you know training, and obviously I've been you know." expelling expending a lot of energy and not taking enough in and so i'm gonna adapt by holding on to energy and and calories and burning less of it and so i think that what you're going to need to do is kind of just peel off the layers of stress allow your body to really come back think of how long it's taken you to get here um you know this may take longer than a year or two and um, it may take three years, it may take four years. And so it may be a long period, not to say that you can't work out at any point of, in time, you know, during that four years, but I think that it's going to take some more time. And I would really caution against really focusing on, I need to lose weight, I need to lose weight, because you don't, you don't need to lose weight. Um, and I I agree with Stephanie, I don't think you need to gain weight. I don't think that's the secret. But, you know, I think that that a couple pounds here or there may help. Um, and, and if you're kind of, you can become at peace with that and still work on, I would recommend, you know, going back and listening to some of our podcasts on, on body image and just creating, um, you know, creating a, a life out of self-love and self-confidence and understanding that it's okay to want to lose weight. We're not against that at all. But if you don't need to, or it's a detriment to your health, then we kind of, you know, have a, uh, a, a problem where, you know, your, your, your health is going to be degraded um, by this pursuit. And so I would maybe do a little bit of more mindset work, maybe do a little bit of work on body image and understanding your worth and knowing that happiness doesn't come from existing in a certain state or losing those five pounds or losing those 10 pounds or whatever. It really comes from what your body's able to do. And I, you know, if you want your body to be able to create another human being and then support that life, um, you, you're going to have to kind of shift things. And I, I promise you, it's going to be so worth it if you can do that mental work now 
um, before your body starts to change and before you give birth, you're going to be in such a better place um, and have so much more working for you. And you're going to be able to appreciate, you know, seeing your body change and, um, you know, seeing your body change back, which just is, is such a cool thing. And I and I was so I was so happy personally to not be critiquing my body or judging my body through that process or thinking that it needed to go back to being something or thinking that it needed to to be something even when I was pregnant thinking that I needed to be working out because I didn't um you know that's I'm a personal trainer and I didn't work out at all in pregnancy because I did you know I worked with a physical therapist and was doing physical therapy three times a week for about seven or eight months um but I didn't do any workouts not not any crossfit not any high intensity stuff i did some walking and and that is what worked for me and my body and so i think that you know if you're able to kind of take that approach on and say i'm going to do what's best for my body i'm not going to judge it i'm not going to think that there's somewhere that i should be um and do that work now and kind of manifest that mindset now you'll be much better off as you take this journey into trying to conceive and have a baby and all the things that are that so uh, I do think you can get pregnant having irregular periods. I think it would be better, though, to take these next six months again and peel off the layers of the stress. Eat as much as you need to. Don't let yourself get hungry. Let's move away from I need to lose weight because you don't and you can exist at this weight and be healthy. But what we need to do is really peel off those layers of stress. I will say she uh, attached an image of like a photograph of her lab work. And it was just the basic thyroid stuff, and your TSH was pretty, like, well within the functional range. Um, If you have other, I would recommend getting a book. So, like, we've had, obviously, people on. Isabella Wentz was one of them. She has a great book about Hashimoto's, um, another great book, and we'll link to that in the show notes. Another great book is, (laughs) Why Do I Still Have Thyroid Symptoms When My Lab Tests Are Normal? If you want to educate yourself a little bit more about thyroid health um that would be worth it and if you're having symptoms of low thyroid um or hypothyroidism then that might be worth exploring and going to a different doctor and saying can we get a more comprehensive test done on my thyroid but i really don't think that that is a cause for concern here it doesn't seem like you're dealing with a a variety of symptoms it seems like you're just kind of dealing with irregular periods and that's mostly due to chronic stress and the past 13 years of you know um eating disorders and extreme uh sports as, as you would call it so let's take this time to just like totally bask in restorative movement and relaxation and doing some mental emotional work and eating as much as you need to and really you know if you need to unfollow people uh break up some friendships you know get away from the social media that is all about telling you that something is wrong with you or that you know you should be here or even if it's like a well-meaning person um and it just looking at them as like makes you feel bad about yourself then remove them from your feed immediately um and and you know that and start surrounding yourself with able-bodied people of all you know and when I say able body, I mean anybody that has a body that um, of all shapes and sizes and abilities and and really kind of just take because it seems like there's something that's still kind of picking away at you um, and you think you need to be somewhere. So I would, you know, take some of those recommendations that we make in our our 
Body Image Podcast Part 1 and 2, which I'll link to in the show notes, um, which was way back in the day, but still very relevant and great information. And we really broke down a lot of things. And there's a free download with that that, you know, you can print out um, and take some of those measures. So um, so that's what I got. <laughs> Sorry, that was a little longer. Okay. Okay. This podcast is supported by Kettle and Fire. If you haven't yet, make sure to go to coconutsandkettlebells.com slash kettleandfire to take advantage of a special offer exclusive for our community, 25% off a single purchase plus free shipping, which is an amazing deal and it's great to stock up on all of the Kettle and Fire bone broth. Kettle and Fire bone broth is packed with critical vitamins and amino acids and collagen that can only come from animal bones and connective tissues. They combine the highest collagen content bones with organic vegetables and herbs to make their bone broth, and it's simmered for 20-plus hours so they don't cut corners. I personally drink Kettle and Fire bone broth daily, and it's been so crucial for me in this crazy postpartum period to support my gut health and my immune system. The bone broth comes in individual cartons, which are super easy to open and are shelf-stable. This means it's great to travel with. I always take a carton or two with me wherever I go, and it frees up extra room in your freezer. If you can't tell, I'm over the moon about kettle and fire bone broth. It tastes great, and it's great for you. So go to coconutsandkettlebells.com slash kettleandfire to order yours today, or check the show notes for more information. Question number three is from Allison. Hey, Noel and Stephanie, I have a question about hormone balance as it relates to estrogen dominance. For starters, I should preface this by saying that I'm 24 years old and do not take birth control, so I'm not even sure that it's possible for someone like me to be estrogen dominant. However, after losing my period for a short time two years ago due to severe caloric restriction, coupled with a pretty rigorous marathon training program, my PMS symptoms have been a complete nightmare every month since regaining my period. Even though I only skipped a few months of menstruation, this seems to have flipped a switch in my body before my periods would come and go as they should with manageable symptoms each month, but since it's returned after that lapse in time without having one. It's as though I'm completely a completely different person two weeks out of the month, and I'm starting to wonder if I'm estrogen dominant. Now it's like I can tell without even taking my temperature the second I ovulate because the PMS symptoms suddenly kick in, the physical ones, yes, but particularly the emotional ones, and those two weeks are filled with Random crying spells, extreme fatigue, excess bloating, painful cramping, etc. I'm assuming that a woman's cycle can and will change over time and symptoms of PMS can fluctuate, but I'm having a hard time believing that symptoms like these are normal. Four months ago, I adopted the paleo diet, especially making sure to stay away from dairy in hopes that changing my diet would improve my PMS symptoms. Additionally, I've changed my exercise routine. I tend to stick to long walks yoga and strength train. I've um, focused on improving my sleep and have even begun to cut out coffee. I supplement with magnesium, chase berry, and fermented cauliflower oil. My question is, if I'm estrogen dominant, how long would it take for diet and lifestyle changes such as the ones I've been implementing to take effect? It's been four months, but my period symptoms have not changed, and I'm actually now noticing breakouts on my chin where I previously had none. Would you recommend an additional helping hand as I start out in trying to reduce these symptoms each month, such as adding progesterone cream into my supplementation? I would be a little afraid to play around with my hormone levels like that, but I'm getting so desperate for my body to normalize again that I'd try anything. Any and all help would be appreciated. I cannot thank you both enough for all you do. I wouldn't be where I am today in terms of my body image and now more balanced approach to diet and exercise without the help of this podcast or sexy by nature. Thanks again. Thanks, Allison. So 
I think we talked about a similar question. If it wasn't last week, it was the week before. Like, it's really rough you know, dealing with this sort of thing. I totally empathize. I will say the, you know, the pill isn't necessarily, you know, the only way that one can come by estrogen dominance. Often, you know, it's not entirely uncommon for women to have pretty severe menstrual cycles when they first start menstruating again after they've been restricting themselves. And that could be for a wide variety of reasons. Um, One thing we talked about last time was gut health. You know, it is possible, I wouldn't say it's likely, but it's possible that while you were under eating, um, your gut flora population became disturbed in some sense, you know, you were maybe undernourishing them. And so it's possible that focusing on some fermented foods could be really helpful for you. That's one thing. Um, I also think this is something I don't think I mentioned last time, which I'm a little upset with myself at. You know, we become estrogen dominant mostly when it's like way out of balance with everything else. And something that really needs to be in balance with estrogen is progesterone. Now, when we restrict our diets, our estrogen levels drop, but our progesterone levels definitely drop. (laughs) And unfortunately, you know, the estrogen levels, I think, come back online a little bit more quickly than progesterone does. You know, progesterone sort of the body, like it's such a strong link between progesterone and stress. It's an incredibly strong link. Your body will not make progesterone if it's stressed out. And I include under eating in that. And then when you start eating again, you know, estrogen comes from multiple places in the body. It comes from body fat. In addition to coming from your ovaries, you know, you can produce it in some other tissues. And so the estrogen, if you've gained weight, which is great, you know, if you've started eating again, this is great. If it comes back online faster than the progesterone and there's a decent chance it will, then you may suffer symptoms of estrogen dominance. So what do you do about that? I think we talked about vitamin D modulating estrogen levels earlier. I think that some vitamin D could be really helpful. Um, It has been shown that vitamin E is in uh, a handful of interesting green foods like avocados, kiwis, asparagus, um, almonds. Vitamin E has also been shown to be helpful for boosting progesterone levels. So maybe focusing on some vitamin E, you could even try a low-dose supplement. Um, That could be helpful. I recommended last time cutting down on the fat in your diet. Now that would cut down on progesterone production too, as well as on estrogen, right? So fat is a pretty strong component of the hormone production process. And so if you reduce your fat intake, you could lower your hormone levels. And I know that that like sounds super not ideal, given that you've been fighting so hard to get them back. But your stress levels need to go down in order for your progesterone to come back up. And so it could be a decent short term fix while you work on reducing stress, but still making sure that you're eating enough calories. That's really important and making sure that you're relaxing. And I really like what you're doing, you know, with your exercise. And so I encourage you um, to continue working on stress. I know um, four months is a long time. It feels like a long time. I would expect it to be to take a a little bit longer. Um, So that's sort of what I would do. You know, I would sort of I would dial down my fat. If that doesn't work, you could try dialing down your carbs instead. You know, play with your macros. That could be huge. I would focus on gut healing. I would take a little bit of vitamin D. 
Um, and I would work really hard on reducing stress. I think that that's, um, yeah, I think that that's really important. Um, you may also want to try playing with some phytoestrogens, you know, like soy. But I wouldn't necessarily recommend going to that line of defense first because uh, it's possible it could make it worse. So I would not try that first. I would try that later on down the line. Hmm. Uh, lots of leafy greens to help detox the estrogen. Also, uh, it's important that you're not constipated. I don't, I'm just saying, you know, for estrogen dominance, um, because if you are, your hormones, while they're just like sitting in your colon, will reabsorb back into your bloodstream. And so it's important to have your digestion, digestion moving along reasonably well um, to make sure that you're getting the hormones out as well as you can. So address that also. And the fermented foods should be able to help with that if you need it. Yeah, I think to clarify on the um, question, the previous question, I think she said that 70% of your hormones are in your gut and that I'm not totally sure what you meant by that, but I, maybe it might mean she was thinking um, 70%, around 70% of your immune system is in your gut. Um, so uh, a lot of hormones in general are produced in your brain. So with the pituitary gland um, in, in specifically, especially when we're talking about the thyroid and also the thyroid produces hormones. So uh, I think that one of the things, uh, so improving gut health is really helpful when we're talking about in horm hormonal imbalances for that very reason that Stephanie said. And so we really want to support gut health um, and immune function in general so that we can detoxify appropriately, you know, get those things out of the body when they need to get out, um, uh, specifically hormones. So I think that uh, for both questions, question two and three, focusing more on gut health would be huge. Um, not totally sure what Stephanie said, but I think that, uh, you know, obviously eating probiotic foods, including a um, probiotic. And last week I called, I said it's gut pro. That's actually the probiotic my daughter's on. Uh, I used the gut pro infant, <laughs> infant probiotic. I use something called BioCult. Um, and that's what I've been taking now, especially since I had some antibiotics in labor. I just dosed up on, um, on the BioCult and then also a, a Femidophilus. It's like a, a women's, um, specifically for the vaginal tract. It's a, it was a probiotic that I did for about a month after that and everything was great. But I do think that the BioCult is a fantastic uh, probiotic and would highly recommend that. So maybe taking one one in the morning, one at night, and then upping that to, you know, two in the morning, two at night, of course, working with a trusted practitioner on that, um, including probiotic foods, including, you know, drink some bone broth or, you know, kettle and fire bone broth would be great in these this scenario. Um, you know, just order some of the cartons, you know, it's like 50 bucks or something for like seven or eight cartons. And, um, you know, have tried drinking that in the morning. Um, you can add additional collagen to things um, if you'd like. And I know that Paleo Valley um, also has some like collagen bars. And that's what I try to do. I try to just I've been eating collagen bars. Um, you know, just I'm always like supporting gut health because I've always kind of struggled with it, too. But, you know, collagen bars, drinking the bone broth and then really focusing on the probiotics and the probiotic foods. Um, I think can be huge for hormonal hormonal imbalance in general, but for life in general. So I think that next week 
maybe, don't hold me on this, but next week we may be, we may be rebranded. We have, we have new photos, a fresh, fresh look, um, and a new name. So don't hold me to that. It'll happen in the next week or two of maybe next week, hopefully. So, yeah. So stay tuned for that. For right now, you can find us at Paleo Women Podcast on Instagram. You can email your questions, paleowomenpodcast at gmail.com. You can find more from Stephanie at paleoforwomen.com. And you can find more from me at coconutsandkettlebells.com. Leave a review in Apple Podcasts. We would so appreciate it if you're loving the show. If you're not, don't worry about it. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to you next week. 